0: What I've heard is that it's sort of like aggression or ignorance. It's in that.
1: Have you? <laughs> no, I mean, I've heard that it, it's
0: sort of like a negative thing.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> or
0: something not to be indulged who, in.
2: Um, <clears throat> uh,
1: <laughs> na- p- put um, name to the um, words. Go on. You
0: mean who said that? Yeah, precisely. Mm. I just remember passion, ignorance. Russian, in some Dharma talk. Like, those are things not to indulge in. I can't remember much else, except... I hope it
1: wasn't on Wednesday evening when I was in Cambridge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't. (laughs) Sorry. It wasn't
0: here. No, no, no. Oh, dear.
1: um, Unfortunately... Unfortunately, in uh, the uh, tradition, uh, one does hear this, I've also heard it, obviously, as well, and uh, the word gets used in its uh, negative uh, uh, way, and it's um, a misunderstanding when it's just used in one way. So, in uh, looking inwardly, Passion can work in a very supportive way and in a very uh, um, unfavorable way. So it it depends what we have passion for. So rather than me have the easy job of making the distinction, how's the passion in your life? (laughs)
0: came up in relation to passion towards the Dharma.
1: All right, lovely.
0: And then I started thinking, but what's wrong with that?
1: Exactly. (laughs) And um, the Buddha uses the the word um, Dharma Chandra. And Chandra means passion. And there is a tremendous encouragement for passion for the Dharma. And, and the same word means zeal, uh, enthusiasm, all that, uh, the, the passionate uh, love of the Dharma and the exploration of it. And absolutely nothing wrong with it. What, what arises for you when you hear it in the other context that you referred to? Passion, ignorance, aggression. What's what, what, what? passion that needs to be attended to? So, how would you, you, because a little bit in language for a moment, I don't want to be too semantic. Some people might say, oh, I have a strong desire to explore the Dharma, to understand uh, the Dharma. So when passion and desire get mixed up in the unsatisfactory way, what, what sort of things come to mind for you of where that might go, or where it might lead? passion, desire, mixed up together and going along a certain route. What might be example, either in your own life, or you may not have any unsatisfactory passions in your life, and therefore... <coughs> well, you could get
2: crazy.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so, so sometimes something arises. <coughs> And one's mind uh, is fixed on it. One has very strong uh, feelings about and uh, very strong passion <coughs> for and we find ourselves completely pulled, pulled uh, along in something. So what, what about in everyday life? What, would, what might be examples? of Strong feelings about and pulled to... Pulled towards. I like, what, is that a problem? Yeah. yeah. For me? Or yeah, yeah, if you <laughs> <if, if, if. laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um,
0: for me, it's a problem in not being able to express, express it. Like, I can relate, like, if I hear a song or something, yes. something that I'm passionate about, yeah. I feel great. So, well, I feel. I I want to express it, but I can't. Or that's a problem for me. But I don't know. So hearing a
1: song, for the most part, (laughs) extremely uh, uh, innocent and kind of neutral. Nothing particularly brilliant about songs, and nothing the other way either. But what? what, How do you mean when you say about expressing it? Well,
0: if I really feel passionate about something, it's like. You yeah. know what I mean? So and it, it's not hard to know what to do with that.
1: So, tell me a song <laughs> that blows you away. I just
0: Does <laughs> anything <laughs> um, come to mind? Well, not a particular song, but an artist does. Oh. Um, Ani DiFranco. I really like her. Who? It's Ani DiFranco. Her singing is Gosh, very, very nice. passionate.
1: <laughs> where, where is she from? Yeah, Amy,
2: I've heard of Aretha um, Franklin.
1: No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> another generation, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Gives the age away, doesn't it, straight away? <laughs> eh? All right. So, so, so when one listens, one hears. My, my uh, teenage daughter rang me up three days ago. She said, "Please, Dad, get me the greatest hits of Tupac." Do you know who Tupac? Are? No. No. Lucky. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Hardcore rap. Another. Anyway, we won't go into it. <laughs> Different tastes of music. So sometimes there, there, there's uh, an interest or a love of an artist, as you say, love of a love of a song or songs. Uh, within that, one has a, a passion for uh, all of that, but which I think is is lovely and I think it, it is important. Sometimes we find it's. Expression for it, singing, dancing, mm-hmm. movement, uh, or, or whatever, but I would put that into the all-too-human love, love, love of art, love of creativity, love of uh, music. But would that stop you from expression? No, no. I mean, I don't think that, therefore, quite in accordance with the. Uh, harmony of life, the leader of life, music and dance and and song. But sometimes passion, in its unsatisfactory sense, one could be, I think, a a very common one where it's strongly induced these days, Um, uh, one has to be vigilant about it, is in such activities as sport. No one, in a way, has preference for a particular team, but sometimes the degree passion getting close to aggression, getting close to intensity of identification with the need to put the other team or players down, etc. Then, then something's going, go, going on uh, with us. And, uh, and just therefore looking at where, as you said earlier, the passion and uh, aggress- aggression starts to get close together. And learning and being skillful to take the heat out of that. And where, in plenty of areas and fields, passion is a wonderful and beautiful place, and genuinely needs uh, expression. Oh, there, one, uh, and one of that, the mode of that, and manifestation, of course, is, is, is dharma, and it's in play, it's in uh, creativity, it's in life itself. And, and that chandra, that zeal, that passion, is is... A very important part, and sometimes if we are living in a very cerebral world in working life or study life, it has the danger of squashing some of that passion and become a bit dry or whatever. <laughs> so sometimes you'll hear it from uh, the more severe Buddhists in about. Passion in purely problematic terms. It seems like it's most problematic when it's directed
2: towards a person. M- more, m- oh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: now we all have a very passionate interest in this theme. So, all right. So you you see someone or whatever, and there are strong feelings uh, arising towards that uh, person and uh, passion or a passionate interest in, when does it go from that to being problematic? What? what's, what's, is there a, is there a, 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 shift? Um, when I want to, um,
0: forget everything else and just be right. the person. Like, that's all the right. only thing that matters. Yeah, all right. And, and then you can't, can't even function
1: really. No, no. So there, there's the, the, the passion. When the desire and the holding and the identification with begins to come in with the passion, other features of one's life begin losing their, losing the passion for them, and it gets concentrated down towards a particular person, and of course then one begins to rely more and more on the supportive presence of that person or the passion to sustain itself. If they starts taking one, two, three steps back, then uh, one falls on one's face. because one's <coughs> Passion's all going there and there's a crash of the passion. And then one can crash into hurt, confusion, disappointment, Feeling let down. So, how's is your passion for other accompanied with um, realism and steadiness? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, can't argue with that. <laughs> Very honest. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's you. Yeah, yes. yes, yes, yes. So.
0: It seems best when it's directed towards a spiritual focus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: Yes.
1: Yes. yes. Well, Dharma doesn't seem to walk away, does it? It's not like human human beings. All right. But however, one can have. Again, great course, love and interest and commitment with the Dharma. But in this case, using the Dharma in that way would be to sidestep or move away from finding the Dharma in the passion of the relationship. Otherwise, you'll say, Oh, passionate relationship is out and uh, Dharma is in. Well, then you may as well go up to Burma and shave your head. wherever, or or, or going one of the huts they're going to build at the back of the forest so where's the dharma in the passionate relationship that's what you want to find you don't have to look for it outside of it where will you find it when you're connected with someone, you feel tons of warmth, tons of feeling tons of connection with, tons of passion and one knows that there's a vulnerability there because it's It is relying on the support of him or her. And therefore, you could be out there on the end of a limb. Where's the Dharma in passionate living, passionate relationship?
0: Well, it seems like um, practicing, like meditating and keeping the things that are healthy... Going. Yeah, all right. Besides just the person.
1: Good. All right. So, that very, very important that one has um, a life outside of this person. and One is very, 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 very clear about it. That will help to, to save, in Buddhist language, inflating the self of the person. Making a thing, an issue, an object, or whatever, in that one knows there isn't life outside. That may water down a little bit of some of the feeling, because we has got life outside. What, 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 what else? If you're, as though you had no life outside, that, there was, that um, um, you, the two of you had just been sentenced to a 10-year jail sentence, you're passionate with this person, and you're in the same cell. <laughs> Mr. Dharma, then?
0: Well, it's going to change. <laughs> you know, I hope so. My feelings will change. Everything hey?
1: will change. Okay, so one aspect is a very important aspect there, of course, of being aware inwardly of the changes that are going, going on. But sometimes in passion, of course, changes can go, as it were, up and down quite dramatically, can't they? You know, really wanting to be with, not wanting to be with. And this is all a, a confusion in the passion It's unsettling, and one is going backwards and forwards uh, there. But nevertheless, as you point out, clarity with regard to change. Anything else? To keep steady while being with, so that one appreciates the warmth, appreciates the feelings, appreciates the passion, yet without uh, that kind of dependency. So that if the person said, au revoir, the passion will stay steady because it's still steady with life. Probably make it clear, clear, clear. Sometimes it's a practice. I'm not looking for one single answer. No, 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 no. And and sometimes, and a couple of people in. The days here have actually said to me that um, that this situation, oh, when I get older, you know, when I get to 35, when I get to 45, 55, 65, it will change. There's no relationship between age and passion. And that can uh, um, be just as strong regardless of the age. i, mean, when I was there, to give an exam, example. <clears throat> when I was in the monastery, one of the monks was a very hardcore meditator, sitting and, and walking daily, very, very d- diligently, an extraordinarily upright body, was 93 years old. So we said to him, Long Paul, which means his elder brother, we said to him, Long Paul, when your mind wanders, what do you think about? And he said, Sex.
2: <laughs>
1: so, if you still got passion for that at ninety-three, <laughs> so, so the energy and passion, connection, feelings, warmth, etc., you know, can have uh, a long shelf life in, in within us. <laughs> so, therefore, it really is. Uh, well worthwhile, giving care and attention, you know, and acknowledging the heart, but it needs steadiness.
2: Yeah,
1: it seems to, if you just act on it, it seems to make a lot of suffering. It does, it does, it does. And that's uh, exactly... Um, but if the um, response to, in connection with relationships especially, uh, especially, and acting on it, maybe expressing it, Maybe communicating what one is feeling in in the heart uh, that that's uh, lovely, but that must matter more wisely and skillfully than believing or hoping therefore it will always bring a reciprocal response, Understand? You mean wanting we, you know, know, response? yeah exactly that we can't we can't guarantee that from any moment. Not not at the beginning, nor from one day to the next. Respecting passion, respecting at times the wish to uh, share and communicate it, being very, very careful and diligent about dependency uh, on the other, And, and in that way respecting the other person's right to say yes, no, or don't know.
2: Okay, <laughs> thank i getting my
3: bearings here. It's quite a different perspective. <laughs> um, I have sort of a question that continues uh, yes. some of the themes, one theme that's come up, and then more kind of a the bearing that it has personally for me. And um, <clears throat> we spoke a little bit earlier about mm-hmm. this, but, and I, I sort of debated about whether to say anything because I didn't kind of want to get identified as sort of, you know, campaigning here. But, um, and that's the second issue. To
2: <laughs>
3: but um, it's about this whole uh, therapy and liberation thing, and this distinction that I've noticed that gets, you know, the healing mm-hmm. through therapy and then liberation, whatever that is. Yes. Mm-hmm. This distinction that's been made. And um, as a therapist, uh, you know, it was tricky business because I want to listen, but I also felt that I disagreed with where you were coming from. and mm. I thought your, kind of the case that you made was...
1: What was that last night?
3: Last night, well, yeah. and Also short.
1: Yes, I I said to I said I to Sharda, What is, did she say? <laughs> I asked her what you said. About history.
3: It was about history. Mine was about history. Well they or were hers? they were similar. Oh, was yours, I? yours, was about explanation. Oh yes, right. And about the past. Yes. And about uh-huh. um, the arising of some idea about sort of what brought something about. And ah, yes. getting trapped mm. in that sort of <clears throat> Like an infinite regress going back of yes. causation, mm-hmm. rather than something that would—that—that mm-hmm. that was, I think, the distinction.
1: Uh-huh.
2: and
3: yeah, no. uh, a- and the the part that just bothers me in terms of the way it's presented was that, you know, when you're working mm-hmm. with someone, the past you know, can be quite present, but yeah, when. The work is good, it's not present like an explanation that you're ah, sort yes, of yeah, I understand. thinking yeah. about yeah. and saying, mm. oh yeah, yeah, there I am again. That's kind of a, that would be bad therapy.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it would be alive in the moment. Yeah. And, you know, the mm. insight mm. would have
3: more immediacy in the relationship. And I think actually now people see that, or people are thinking more and more in terms of how the relationship is healing. Yes. Even more so than the understanding. Of transference and the
1: history from the past. So in, in, in that um, uh, from yesterday evening's talk, which I think was just one word in the talk, wasn't it? I mean, it might have been, you know, eh? I thought I used a string of words about the past and the present. No? Um, history, didn't I say? Science? And, right. It was, and it was, it was, it was in hmm. the
3: context of a, a, a broadly talking about yes. explanation and mm. um, sort of the kind of understanding that can come. And mm. it, it was kind of, I guess, like a, more generally a treatment of science as well. I yes, think, yes, and, yes you know, yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah, right. Of course, my feeling as you say that is, see, I knew I was overreacting as this is kind of, sort <laughs> of do, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, 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 but there's a genuine... Uh, yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a shame to be too
1: polarizing. Yes, with hmm um, but they're different, but. Uh, well, you, you, you've been here before a few a few times over over the years, and you've listened to both of us, you know, a, a, a few few times. It's, it's unusual for Shada to say that. I think you agree. It's usually me, isn't it?
3: Well, she, also, yeah. I, I was saying, you know, just when he started to tone it down, now she's. <laughs>
1: I just had one. This is part of dependent horizon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can imagine, on this coast, you can imagine what it's like when we speak on the other Uh, coast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. There you're probably right. Can I quote you, James? (laughs) I think it was last year I was giving a one day (coughs) before the retreat started before Sharon and I were teaching and I I asked them to put in a a footnote in the programme to describe my one day and uh, and they actually put it in I thought they wouldn't have the guts but they actually put it in and the footnote to my uh, one day retreat at Spirit um, what said um, please do not bring your inner child there is no adult supervision (laughs) (laughs) And it actually went in the programme. I, I was impressed. I actually put it in. But anyway, there we go. So um, 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 it isn't you know, the intention matters here, and 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 sometimes I have never been personally in therapy, so it's a sh- shortcoming there. Um, but um, uh, the the intention is there. So sometimes. Unfortunately, and, and I take your point, that in the, uh, in the listening, there is in that, um, uh, the impression that's left is somewhat dismissive of, in some way or other, mm-hmm. to a greater or lesser degree. Not giving enough credit to, or not enough acknowledgement of, that, that's, would that and, be right?
3: And also misunderstanding. And misunderstanding,
1: and, and of course the lack or shortage of experience with. Be a, be a part of that. But could there be anything useful, given, given uh, you know, in, in, in one uh, massive generalisation called um, history, science, and psychology? You know, I, if I could have thought, I would have probably thrown, threw a few others in, but I just didn't think of any others at the time. <laughs> And the only reason I thought of science was because one of the teachers on the West Coast, West Niska, has a book out what was the subtitle? What was it called? Buddha Buddha's Nature. And then Evolution. Evolutionary guide to enlightenment. So that's I remembered that when I was speaking, so <coughs> this is how these things go. <laughs> so there so as I said, there, there is some you know, um, um, uh, gross uh, generalizations, some impressions are left as a consequence uh, uh, of that. The intention, as far as I can be clear in myself, is not directly towards that. What's your response? It, it comes across like that, and sometimes you know, I'm not exactly uh, thrilled with these areas, that's true. But what, what, what might be intentional factors here?
3: Well, my thought when you have said these things in the past and mm. also this most recent time is that your intention is to mark out a difference more than it is to put down, you know, the one or the mm, other. Yeah. Um, and something about um, the limits of understanding in terms mm. of history in the past, that there's a point at which uh, this practice is about something different.
1: Yeah. And, and, but the intention it, it, um, is, we try to get communicate, is actually to take it even a step further than that. But well, we'd both be taking it a step further than <clears throat> making a difference and highlighting the importance of practice. Because that could seem a bit divisive, it could seem self-righteous, it could seem um, creating an unwelcome, an unsatisfactory hierarchy, Mm -hmm. etc. And people could easily be left with that's what the thinking or the approach is. But what else was said in the talk?
3: You're asking me to fathom your intention with Yes,
1: that? I am. You're right. You got it. <laughs> right, right. I'm the therapist. <laughs>
2: I'm
3: not sure. I I Uh, that what comes to mind is that um, as far as either dharma practice mm-hmm. or therapy practice goes there from the talk I got the idea that the dharma practice is pointing towards something that in a sense practice gets left behind and, and yeah. sort of an opening to um, a vastness or, or, or mm-hmm. to a space well, yeah. or to something that and perhaps those experiences could occur in a therapy session, but it certainly isn't, Kind of the, the form isn't pointing in that direction, no. but quite the intent as it is in the
1: practice. Yeah, yeah. So in, in, in the uh, intention um, yesterday uh, e- evening was in fact to give the whole mind up, a mm. whole lot of it as a hopeless vehicle yeah. for anything. And there and I a problem with that too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, I know, I
2: know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and therefore, I had uh, 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 equally, and yesterday evening was a dismissing of one of the core features of practice called watching impermanence, seeing arising and passing, and questioning that whole model of uh, practice. Far more thoroughly than a few other things that were were said, and mentioning too how much appreciation we have when we're not, as it were, involved in our mind, and in our storyline, etc. So, what it, the intention was, letting all a whole lot of it uh, go. So then you just responded, "Oh, I have some trouble with that." So, say say a little bit about that.
3: Um. <laughs> what comes to mind is yes. the, the, the image of the ladder that lets you get somewhere, you know. So, yes. I think it's nice to throw the ladder away at the top, but when you're kind of down at the bottom, you like the idea of maybe of being able to climb first. Yes, yes,
1: right, right. But, um, but the, the ladder's not the best one, <laughs> as a metaphor. The Buddha, um, he was a bit more, you know, he preferred the boat. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and then we cross the other shore. Then we leave the boat behind, including the Dharma, which is the boat, the vehicle, the whole, uh, etc. So one could we could have a view of ourselves. Maybe I'm just part of the way across Gaston Pond. You know, Gaston Pond you know, the boat. It's maybe. Oh, maybe I'm halfway across, or two-thirds, or maybe I'm just going back with the How do you know that you're not right near the other side of the pond, there, and therefore ready to get out of the boat and kick it away? What what gives you such assurance? I don't know. I don't Eh? know that. No, no, no. I
2: don't
1: know that I'm not. No. And, and and if you don't know, then obviously none of us would know either, would we? You don't know, nobody knows. There. So
3: I feel it's a yes. far way off a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, I don't clearly. know that, but I, no. I, I think I operate within the, you know, sort of glimmerings of the other shore, but kind of feeling like
1: That. Yes, but it's
2: how, all, how
3: how to have some sense of that and not sort of build up a whole lot of yes identity around it. I think is what's scary.
1: Yes, and but also of course, one could say um, it's equally presumptuous to say that one has a long way to go and a lot more rowing and a lot more practice there, and that could be a more comfortable identity. In your head. <laughs> um,
2: I, I'm,
3: I'm sort of desperately wanting to find some way of, of knowing um,
2: <laughs> uh, some marker or sign or something.
1: Mm. Uh, what did I say about marks and signs and characteristics last night? Uh, I think
2: they're
3: <laughs> off the boat already. Exactly, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Not much help. So there's, there's a, a certain, in terms of drawing the Dharma boat, certain usefulness in it. But it too, like everything, must undergo some whatever vigour of inquiry which does leave us with a certain not knowing uh, there. And if we just kept to people's um, conditioned view of themselves oh, I have a long way to go, or sometimes I have an occasional glimmer, but mostly I don't, etc., which most people might, possibly might, might say, then it would stop us as Dharma teachers ever speaking about the uh, incomprehensible and the unseizable and that which is uh, uh, liberating. Because we would compromise we would, as it were, agree, with the view. Well, nobody can use the jargon. Get it. So, is is there any um, your role as um, uh, therapist on the uh, wonderful work that you that you do, um, any um, clinging, holding, and ego, and Feeling uh, and thought of being protective towards.
3: Towards uh, therapy. The profession,
1: your profession.
3: I think there is, and I, I think it particularly, it comes about for me because, um, within the therapy world, particularly the psychoanalytic. Be interested in Buddhism or spirituality is highly suspect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm—I I, I don't know—I'm I, I, often um, in a position of, 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 of trying to show the relevance of. Yes. Good. Wonderful. And. Um, both ways, but really for me, it's mostly. And I work also, you know, you know in a psychiatric medical setting too, and um, to be engaged in spiritual practice with patients and stuff is very uh, provocative for people. Yes, yes. And I need to be um, an advocate for what I do a lot, so I think I build up some yes. attachment or some readiness to defend.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Um, I think that. In li- listening to you, that uh, uh, exploration and engagement, as you say, of bringing in um, uh, practices, the uh, the meetings uh, that you have with the exploration that we were talking about earlier on today of, uh, of dharma and its relationship to uh, the psychoanalytical world, is is extremely um, important area. Um, genuinely and, and I know plenty of others do have much um, appreciation for, for, for that but nevertheless no matter how invaluable and important uh, something is whether we call it dharma practice or we call it psychotherapy tradition or whatever absolutely none of it is worth um, building up in such a way the self gets caught up in it all. Otherwise, it can hinder. Doesn't have the power to all itself, but it can can hinder that which was being referred to yes. yesterday, uh, yesterday evening. So it, there's. It's not an easy thing to bring um, two things together, you know, and and for others in your networks to be able to listen to them. you know, I Can you imagine some of the difficulties you know, that, 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 that arise? I think Mr. Freud was not too happy with Eastern spirituality, if I remember rightly, in meditation. No. He had a rather low opinion. He
3: would see us as quite regressed.
1: And yes, as regressed, absolutely. Having
3: just come from the pot washing area,
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's... Outer expressions of uh, dynamic of exploration, one we call practice, the other called uh, psychoanalysis, and this sense, and um, both of those last night were in, an encouragement to leave both behind in the moment, not take up anything up and see what is revealed and that was the, 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 the thrust of the in, uh, intention there and i can 't. Uh, promise that there will be any cure in me if I uh, uh, see you again. I said to Charlie the other day on something else, I said, Sharda, I'm incurable. <laughs> so, uh, but the reminders are good. <laughs> Thank you.
4: I'd like to bring up the question of art. Art? Yes, please. Um, I'm a writer. And so I think about art a lot, Mm -hmm. and um, I have to say right now that I love all the Buddhas here.
2: Um,
4: But um, the question is, you know, art writing is a you have to depict the arising and passing Mm -hmm. things because there's no way of depicting what's not arising and passing. (laughs) And that's true. You know, and, and. it would seem that arising and passing has no value and yet it points to, Mm -hmm. you know, it points to the other. Mm -hmm. There has to be something that points or you never find it. Um, How do you think um, writing and love of the dharma or or art in general and love of the dharma can be harmoniously
1: Uh combined? Uh, through utter selflessness, utter selflessness, so that the flow of the uh, creativity uh, is uh, felt and thought of in terms of a gift for others, and that is the unwavering uh, priority and it isn't used for self, meaning ego-boosting activity. The uh, tradition uh, has uh, wisely acknowledged uh, this, of course, and in fact, pre-Renaissance as well, uh, uh, also when artists didn't have their name over everything they did. Mm -hmm. And uh, and still, in... uh, rural um, uh, Buddhist world in the Asia, wonderful artists in painting and sculpture who didn't think to put their name, they feel it desecrates it. It's a selfless gift to others. Unfortunately, culturally, over the centuries, we've rather conspired to marginalize artists you know, on the kind of fringes of things. Uh, in, rather being that they, we, or whoever, make our contribution to the community through through art. And therefore, it is something which arises and, of course, stays in time, and may stay, time may be, of course, centuries. It's one of the wonderful things of art uh, that it can endure with uh, tremendous appreciation from successive number of generations. And that's a very important uh, Um, aspect, but in the earlier uh, um, comments that you just made, it wasn't quite clear to me, but seemed to be a little discomfort around things coming and going, and creativity, and I'm not not quite sure what you were saying in that, What what was the discomfort?
4: I it's also a general question relating to your talk last night about arising and
1: passing. Can you hear me? There? A little louder. Sorry.
4: Um, I think it's also a general. It's a, it's a question about arising and passing, yeah. and how we, f- how we relate to what arises and passes, which yes. is everything mm. um, that has a name, mm-hmm. everything that we can yes. conceive of. Yeah. Right. Um, how do you relate to it when? The dharmic view is that it has no reality or no value.
1: That ain't the dharmic view. Yeah. Yes. So sometimes, again, um, as we were hearing a little earlier with the word passion, uh, that it, it can get dismissed. That means whatever arises or passes, and the dismissal of it in the end result, is having a kind of anti-life view. Oh, this world is just coming and going, everything's arising and passing, and what's the point, and what's the use? And there's a kind of rejection of. Could it be, though, we get so infatuated with change, and all that goes with it, that we can't see the ocean for the waves? What, you mean by that? what I mean by that is that <clears throat> our day-to-day life can be one of prioritising what's coming up for me today. That, that takes our focus and what I, what I want to finish, what I want to start, what's coming to me, what I'm going towards, and therefore what's coming and going from one day to the next. Sometimes handling it well, and sometimes having a difficulty handling what's coming and going. And the life could be spent in that as the main preoccupation of life. Last night's talk in well or not so well, whatever, was questioning of that as the lifelong priority, dealing with arising and passing. <coughs> yeah. What's your response? I don't have a response. It no. I,
4: uh, makes sense to me. <laughs> um.
1: If I put it in another language from the the rabbi from uh, Nazareth. He said, wonderful one line. First find God and everything else will be added unto you. When you hear such one line, what's, what's, what's the feeling inside? First find God, everything else will be added unto you. The talk was just that last. Almost a commentary on that one sentence.
4: Well, I think you wouldn't have needs. You wouldn't uh, need anything else. So you would have everything, or you wouldn't have a need to own it, or something like that. How
1: about dropping the word you and making it I?
4: Well, what do you mean by find God?
1: Uh, freedom, liberation. Um, knowing that one is not a prisoner to arising and passing.
4: I guess you wouldn't be, I wouldn't be a prisoner to uh,
1: desire. Uh, you're sounding rather Buddhist at the moment, if I may say. So. Might be right, but it just sounds a little too Buddhist for me. <laughs> No 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 Jewish what about Jewish people? No 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 um uh, <laughs> um in let shift it sideways a step. In your in day-to-day circumstances what stands out for you as um priorities? What 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 what, what matters? What, what what comes to you?
4: Priorities? Yeah, um, yeah. Taking care of business.
1: What what's the business?
4: Getting to work on time. Yes. Stuff like that. Um, and in the midst of everything, trying to uh, maintain mindfulness, trying to maintain a compassionate attitude towards yes. people around me. Lovely.
1: So, the um, uh, compassionate attitude and being and being mindful. And one aspect of it could be being punctual, getting to work on time or whatever, there, what influence will that important attitude and outlook have upon what's arising and passing in your daily life?
4: It has quite an influence.
1: Yeah. Would you like to say, to inspire the others, what kind of influence
4: Um, it has? It seems to me, I've been practicing um, Tonglin practice a lot, which is a Tibetan uh, giving and receiving. It's like metta practice, but it has an energetic element. In yes, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, feel as if you're taking on the sufferings of others and inhaling, kind of inhaling the sufferings of others and exhaling whatever you have that's light, happiness. Oh, I see, right. Relaxation, acceptance, right. whatever is good. Yes. And practicing that on the subway, et cetera, And places that tend to induce aggression, um, which is like every place. Um, yeah. it, it seems to lighten up the atmosphere, yes. and it also seems to lighten up my attitude towards people. Nice. If you're taking their suffering and giving them what you've got, you can't think they're a jerk, because you just no. can't. You know, no. It doesn't work
1: anymore. So sometimes the, the, those kind of uh, uh, practices um, help... Significantly for a healthy relationship to those around, known strangers as well as people, uh, people that that you know, and therefore makes brings more at ease, as it were, in terms of what's arising in front of you. Let's say aggression or uh, lack of consideration or indifference or whatever. That one's breathing that in, breathing out kindness, warmth, support, and that's, that's making a, a difference. What about situations where there's nothing going on around you, therefore nothing specifically in that moment to breathe in or take on board or to uh, uh, breathe out? Then, 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 then how's your inner life? No, 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 no specific reason um, to breathe in or breathe out anything. If I'm
4: alone, for example. Exactly. Um I think it would depend on what I chose to do with my time. Mm. You can just—I can—I can—I could, uh, could just be not um, amusing myself yeah. by reading, watching TV, or whatever. Yeah. Or um, I could be doing yoga. That would be a different,
1: a very yeah. different
4: uh, mental atmosphere.
1: Yes, yeah, sure. Or sitting. So the the the, again, there's the engagement in the activities there, which are conducive for oneself directly, indirectly, conducive towards others uh, as well. In the uh, thread of the talk yesterday evening, some emphasis was given to nothing to do and nowhere to go. What might be the importance of that? Nothing, absolutely nothing to do and uh, uh, nowhere to go. Not, well, um, nothing to do for oneself, nothing to do for others. What might, might be significant about that, if anything? I
4: think well, well we're trying to um, we're trying to get our minds in the now. So mm, something yes. to do and somewhere to go is projecting into
1: the future. Yes, yes. So t- times and moments, as you said, when we uh, return to the immediacy of things, to to the now in that perhaps there's much to be discovered. And perhaps in what is to be discovered is not in the field of arising and passing. That there is that which is steady and uh, remains uh, steady and that we can, that we can know. And perhaps that is the source of all true creativity. So, therefore, it is not the dismissal or or the rejection of um, what is arising and passing, but actually teachings point to the... uh, release of extraordinary creativity out of that which I'm just referring to. Just as the waves come out of the ocean. And Sometimes, as I say, we're so involved in the waves we can't see what mm. supports the waves mm. in that sense. Which the now is a doorway to, is the one me is the, is, is the one that matters and if I understand that well and clearly the wave called my birth my changing my aging, my death actually belongs to the ocean we know it we're at peace with that mm-hmm. and we know it and we're at peace with it we've been that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 yeah. we, we hope. <laughs>
4: not all the time. I'm certainly not at peace with it. No, no,
1: no, no. no. But th- th- that's that's why it's um, uh, important to wa- I regard it as important towards pointing towards that which is the ocean, and therefore we are not just keep looking at waves again and again.
4: Yeah. In other words, as an artist, you would see yourself as a vehicle
1: you could do, but um one not going to go into all this another area here, but one's got to be a little bit watchful about seeing ourselves as any as anything. Okay. Ego as a <laughs> alarming <laughs> habit.
4: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. All, right. all right, thank you. Thank
4: you.